Um, good afternoon. This is a little bit the, the issue. Um, deep sea mining is not a big hit. It doesn't draw the biggest crowds. Um, but that's, that's exactly the issue, actually. So um, my name is Marcus Ryman. Behind me, you see creatures from the deep sea. Uh, I'm the director of TBA21 Academy, which is um, a department of Thyssen-Bornemissa Art Contemporary, a contemporary art collection and foundation based in Vienna. In 2012, we decided to create a program that is purely focused on the, on the environment with a special highlight on the oceans, and that has become the TBA21 Academy. Um, it is not just um, artistic. It is, it's really trying to bridge the gap between art, science, exploration, and conservation, and that is what, after a long time, brought us to deep-sea mining. So I know I've seen a couple of uh, familiar faces, so I know that a couple of you know about deep sea mining, but who else does know about deep sea mining? Please. Yeah, okay, so I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, that's a little bit the problem, so uh, more or less there's not a lot um, to say, but I, I just tell you quickly how we, how we got to this place and what we intend to do and why I think that an aesthetic dimension in this whole conversation is, is an important one, and an aesthetic and cultural one. Um, a couple of years back, we found on the Mission Blue website, Mission Blue is an organization run by Sylvia Earle. Sylvia Earle has coined her deepness. You all probably know her. Uh, she's a legendary marine biologist. Um, and on her website, Mission Blue, we found um, a post about the International Seabed Authority. Fantastic maps, uh, very, very suspicious little office in, in Kingston. And um, we asked ourselves, why is a United Nations office, a United Nations body, hidden in um, downtown Kingston? And um, we, as an organization, we have a long-standing history with Kingston. We, ha we run a, um, a marine protected area in Kingston, a community-driven marine protected area. And uh, the next time that we were in Kingston, we took an artist with us, Armin Linke, um, who you might know from uh, projects from the Haus der Kulturen der Welt. And um, we went to the International Seabed Authority and had a little conversation with them. And um, it turns out that um, the International Seabed Authority, as I said, is a United Nations body, uh, and uh, they have this annual meeting, and they are tasked with the administration and the distribution of the resources on the seabed, which is common heritage of humankind in um, the high seas. So, uh, sorry. Um, we, we've understood relatively quickly that the, that the organization itself is uh, rather complicated in terms of um, that, that it's uh, very closely tied between the policymakers and the mining industry. So, so far, um, deep sea mining is a fiction, right? It hasn't, it hasn't happened. It is um, yet to be proven that it can happen and that it can happen at a profit. So we're talking... Uh, the reality is that we're talking about mining at four to five kilometers deep in the ocean. And we're talking about um, a soft layer, a very soft layer. So if we say the seabed, it's not, it's not um, a hard concrete layer where we can actually drive um, 
whatever uh, kind of mech, uh, machines that you need, and uh, you pick up the little nodules that we're that we're all after. This is an extremely complicated um, mechanism that we're trying to tackle here, and um, this is also it's an environment you have to you have to imagine that has a sedimentation rate of one uh, millimeter. Um, in uh, per per square meter in uh, in a very very uh, slow time and um, all of a sudden we're talking about um, picking up dred dredging this the the ground picking up the nod nodules pumping it up to the um, to the surface uh, sieving out the the minerals and then dropping it back down so you can you can imagine what this does to an environment that is hardly explored where the sedimentation rate, as I said before, is, um, is bare minimum. Um, and this is, uh, this is happening, or this, will, this is supposed to happen. Um, so the question, the question for us is how do we engage with this? And why does an art organization should engage with this? Um, and uh, we, we came to the conclusion that we should, and the way that we did it was that we applied as an observer to be an observer at the International Seabed Authority, and uh, for whatever reason, we were granted to be the observer. We were granted the observer status. We we're the first art organization ever to be an observer at the International Seabed Authority, and now um, we have the right to come and visit the annual meetings and, and intervene in these annual meetings. And I think here, when I went there um, last year, is um, is exactly the possibility for an organization like ours to intervene. Um, I was, let's say, at least surprised when I got there last year. Um, the, the, I was there for 10 days. I attended all sessions. Uh, and I think the word ocean was mentioned twice. Usually we're talking about paragraph 154, should be would and not should, or should. It's, it's all about terminologies, it's about paragraphs. It's, um, it is not about the, the, uh, the bigger picture. It is, um, and this is exactly where, where I think the, the artistic intervention becomes um, necessary, and not in terms of figurative um, intervention, where we say, okay, we make visible what is on the seabed, which I think is, is very um, important, because it is very much out of sight, out of mind, and everybody thinks that they can do whatever they want, but um, I think also in a descriptive way. Um, in a way that uh, there's also the possibility right now to, to change something in our behavior. So as I said before, this is an extremely difficult, extremely dangerous, and yet to be discovered what the impact actually might be um, is um, undertaking. Um, but for some reason, the, the promise, the financial promise of uh, deep sea mining is so big that against all better judgment, we're willing to take the risk of disturbing an environment and an ecosystem that we know nothing about to an extent that it might be irreversible. And I think here is exactly the, the possibility for, for an art institution to, to, um, to elaborate uh, the consequences, the mechanisms, um, and the, the, um, the responsibilities of this. Because... Um, you must understand that the International Seabed Authority, the way it is, is not a desirable place to be.
for any, for any um, technocrat, bureaucrat, or scientist, it is usually something that you would rather pass through as quickly as possible. But you're the one that is, that is asked to take the decisions on something that has major consequences for, uh, for the health of the oceans. So, bearing this in mind, um, we, um, like I said, we went to the International Seabed Authority, we, we looked at the system there, and, um, and it, is, it is striking that next to the decision makers, you have, um, you have members of the mining industry. So, so the, the um, intertwinement between policy and industry is, is uh, there is hardly any barrier. And if there is a barrier, it's, it's very, you know, it's very flexible. So, um, why, why do we need to talk about this? Um, because I think, uh, I think the, possib- uh, the, the, the opportunity here is really to, to take a step back and um, to, to take a look at a couple of the larger questions that are, um, that are connected to this. It's one is the common heritage of humankind. What does that mean? Um, what does it mean for us? Right now, it just means that, it, that there is a, a reserve on minerals that will be taken at some point. Um, that is the one thing. Um, and the, the other thing is really what is this urge that drives us to open up frontier after frontier after frontier after frontier. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that's it for me. I think if you have any questions, please ask. But um, that would be it. I think you are all experts here, or most of you, <laughs> as I understand. Just one question. Ocean. Hello, thank you. Um, how did you manage to get that observer status, and, and what are you actually, you don't know yourself. No, no, why, <laughs> or, how or, And what are your possibilities um, apart from artworks okay. to intervene. Okay, um, there, there are two things. I think, um, so wh- how did we get the observer status? We applied. We applied and we have a, we have a track record of, of, you know, I mean, we, have, we started a marine protected area in, in Kingston. We, we had a marine protected area uh, supporting system in, um, uh, in Costa Rica. So there, there was a track record of these kind of interventions, even as an art organization. On the other hand, what are our possibilities? Our, I think our possibility is, um, is to, um, to show up and to insert a certain kind of language that is, has no space there. And I think exactly this, this um, um, the opening up of this cultural space, uh, a descriptive space, a, but also the, the bigger picture, which is not confined by terminology, not confined by paragraphs, is, is the possibility that we have. And that's, that's into the bureaucratic system of the inter, uh, International Seabed Authority. Outwards, it is, uh, it is really the, the, the um, communications platform that an art organization has. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Markus, for this inspiring uh, talk. And 
I think it's also very nice that you refer to this common heritage of mankind principle that is really enshrined as a legal, sort of very rock-solid legal um, principle in the International Convention on the Law of the Sea. So saying that all these minerals belong to all of us, so it's our common heritage. But it's somewhere hidden and it's not very prominent in international uh, politics. So how can art really help to, to bridge this gap between this really... Um, very remote political process on the one hand and then on the other hand or sort of we as a human beings owning all this uh, heritage out there and what role can art play there and what is your your thoughts around well, that? I think, I think um, when as an art organization the interesting point is to take even a step back and say how come that, uh, that the common heritage of mankind is the distribution and the administration of resources, you know, and these resources will be taken at some point. So why is, it seems that our common heritage um, is, has only thing, uh, the only thing it has to do with it is, is um, economics somehow, no? Um, and, and I think this is, uh, this is the starting point for, for us as an art organization to elaborate on that, to create discourse around this idea, what, is the common, what can the common heritage be? And I think, um, I think even a step further back is that you, that you look at the law of the seas and what it was intended, and it's, I think in its intention it was one of the most beautiful um, um, judicial ideas that ever happened. Where the result was compromise after compromise after compromise and, and we have what we have. Um, that's, that's the one thing. Um, the the uh, other thing is really that, that you can elaborate on so many different levels um, as an art organization. I think um, we, we all face the challenge of, not, of, of what um, is supposedly the intention span, no? that, uh, that everything has to be three to five minutes. If it doesn't make the one minute mark, then it's like um, it's gone, except of in the art world. Uh, funnily enough, if you go into a gallery, a film that can be super complex, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be linear na uh, narrative. It can be, it can be very, um, yeah, like I said, it can be very complex. It's, it's no problem at all that you look at something for 20 to 45 minutes. Um, and this is possible because it is in an art context. So I think this is really, this is the possibility that art has nowadays to elaborate, unfold, unpack these very complicated issues in, um, in ways that uh, doesn't fit into two minutes or three minutes or, or 90 seconds. Hi. Um, I was wondering whether you think that this is also mappable onto the uh, digital realm, because it strikes me in a metaphoric way that the way that, you know, the deep sea is accessible to you or to the art world or to anyone is very similar to the way that, uh, that the web uh, or the large troves of infrastructure there are accept, uh, accessible to the public. Yeah. So the way that, um, that you try to make certain aspects of um, uh, accessibility of, of, of resources, of infrastructures, and their um, democratic or non-democratic accessibility visible is something that also happens in the digital realm in yeah. the way that only large corporations or uh, national states 
uh, with, with a certain status have access to it. So this, I think, is something that could also figure into the work of, uh, of the academy, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, I think between the ocean and the, and the um, digital realm, there's, there's huge similarities. I mean, one is the unregulated space that it is. Both of them are. Um, the, the other is really the, the kind of the platforms that take ownership of something. And then you have very similar, you have uh, the relationship between a nation and a company that then take ownership of, of these resources that is supposedly for all of us. So this is, the, the similarity there is, is nearly immediate. I think, um, on the other hand, it also offers space for, um, for big collaborative efforts, for, um, for community-driven, for uh, crowdsourced efforts. It hasn't, it hasn't been done yet, but um, theoretically there is nothing... Um, uh, there, is not, there is nothing to keep us from getting together, putting together five hundred or seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars to buy a stake in the seabed. On the seabed, uh, we would have to apply through a country at the International Seabed Authority. We would have to prove that we can do research and that we would um, uh, publish the, or share this research with the International Seabed Authority. But there's absolutely the opportunity to do so. And there's the opportunity to actually get ahead of the curve and then you, know, you could open source all, all of this um, uh, environmental impact research and all of that. Or acquire a root server, for example. Or that, yeah. Thank you. Any more questions on this very special approach I think take the chance <laughs> come into exchange or Uh, I, hi, my name is Alex. Uh, I must commit I'm not uh, very familiar with uh, with uh, all the organizational infrastructure and everything, but what I've understood uh, is that you, now that you got the permission to attend these meetings, you mentioned that you got, so to say, a foot in the door. Um, and what are your next steps? What, how, how do you plan to uh, push this thing, this idea further? How further? do you go on from now? Um, well, there's... I mean, there's a, num there's a number of, um, of strategies. There's, uh, there's the collaborative strategy. There's a, there are many, many organizations working on these topics. There are um, experts in the field, but, um, but uh, you usually working, whatever, in singular models. You know, it's like, I mean, it's it really the, the intent behind um, our approach is really to, uh, to break down the boundaries between disciplines and... Uh, and be able to communicate across these disciplines and through uh, to to a wider audience. Um, the the possibility that we have now uh, is um, there there uh, there are a number of possibilities. So I would what I would really like to do is create a and curate a, a series of artist interventions in the International Seabed Authority because now we do have the possibility to have a speaking interventions in the in the General Assembly and um, and the the it would be fantastic if um, if informed artists like you will see later on on the main stage Trevor Paglin for example who's um, who who knows a lot and understands uh, these kind of complex issues um, would would give lecture performances in the general assembly this would be on our bill you know um, and this is this is just to push 
like I said, the language is push. It's to push the understanding. Um, that is the one thing. On the on the other side, uh, there are um, there are the possibilities for side events. So this is what we're what we're looking at today, um, or this year, um, is to have uh, a large public interface between between the International Seabed Authority and the public in Kingston that knows very very little about the realities uh, there. Um, there's, a, there's a European Union program uh, in the Azores, uh, Blue Atlantis, and uh, we're doing a series of uh, works with, with a group of artists called the Inhabitants on that, because I think, uh, I think both locally as in the European Union, it's very little known on, um, on this program. Uh, and uh, so it is, it is uh, twofold. It's between public... Um, ad advocacy and outreach, and and really um, uh, within within the institution. I think we have some minutes left for final questions, if there are any, <laughs> or I'm sure everybody can can meet you after. I'm here. After the next session, of course, because the next session is as well tackling the submarine issue and the deep sea and oceans. Okay. <laughs>